0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turned to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, the story of a man named Elijah, the man of God. I believe God's raising up men and women after his heart. Uh, This is a great passage, and I want to teach out of that on this special back-to-school Sunday. I think there's a word not just for students, but for each individual. The Bible says, 1 Kings 17, verse 1. Now, Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, There shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. I mean, no, that's power right there. I mean, he's not just forecasting the weather. He's determining the weather. It says in verse 2, And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, verse 3, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith. Somebody say Cherith. Hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan River. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Somebody say there. Today I want to talk to you. The title of the message is simply this, A Place Called There. A Place Called There. We all have a there. How many of you families, you took a little vacation this summer, Maybe you had to drive, drive a distance, and you don't get 10 minutes down the road and your kids say, are we there yet? It seems like we spend our entire lives trying to get there. We're all all trying to get somewhere. When when you're a, a student, you're just trying to get there. There is graduation, come on. Now I know we're here, this is the first day of school, but some of us are ready for that last day of school. We can just get there. If I can just graduate, may, maybe there is a specific job. Man, if I could just land that job, maybe there is a, is a pay scale. or man, there, There's a certain level within the corporation. Maybe you've been working and, and you've set the goal of, man, if, if I can just reach this plateau, I'm, I'm there. Uh, maybe when you're single, the goal is, is marriage. If I can just get there. And then you get there. <laughs> and you say, oh me, oh my. Come on, somebody said single people are sad, married people are mad. <laughs> you get married, and where is your there? Oh, if I can just have kids. And then God gives you children. <laughs> I tell people we got eeny meany, money, we ain't having no mo. Where is your there? Oh, if I can just if I can just retire. If I can get this boat, if I can get this camp, if I, if I can reach this level, we all have a there. I want you to know God meets us in our here, but he tries to get us to his there, a place called there. The Bible says that the Lord spoke to the prophet Elijah and says, I want you to go by the brook called Cherith because I've arranged to take care of you there Now, let me give you some context of what's happening in 1 Kings chapter 17. This is a time in the history of Israel that is very dark. The, their king at the time is a man by the name of Ahab, King Ahab, and he was a bad dude. In fact, the Bible says no king in the history of Israel did more to provoke the wrath of God than Ahab. Ahab was a bad guy, but he didn't marry well either. He married a lady named Jezebel. Mmm, come on, hum at me. mmm How many know that when you act bad and you marry bad, it's really bad." My dad used to say, "Son, it's better to wait long than to marry wrong." Come on, somebody need to write that down right there. Somebody needs to tweet somebody, text somebody. What, What, What? So Jezebel, she, she was even worse than her husband, Ahab, in fact. She was the daughter of a Phoenician king and came from a region where they worshiped the god Baal. Jezebel introduced the worship of Baal. And the Bible says, God told his people, you shall have no other gods before me. And so enter a man named Elijah. And God tells him, I want you to go to the brook that's east of the Jordan Because I have plans to take care of you there. Somebody say there. Now, let me give you, as we read through this chapter, and it's so rich. There's a lot in here, and I hope I have time to unpack it all. But if you're taking notes, I want want you to write this first thought down. I want to give you four thoughts about there. There is a place of purpose. When God tells you to go somewhere, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Can you say amen? Amen. How many of you know that God is not accidental? He's not coincidental. Nothing just happens. Uh, But God is sovereign, and he orchestrates events and moments and and steps. If he tells you to go somewhere, he has a plan and a purpose for it. Now, some people may say, well, that, that... the brook Cherith. Okay, that's a brook. What about this brook? And what's the, what's the significance with, with that little brook anywhere? And they're kind of bouncing around and wandering around. And God says, no, there's a specific coordinates I've told you to go. How many of you believe that God talks to us and he orders our steps? I think some of you are here today and you're listening to this message and it is divine appointment for your life. God's not wasting time. He has you here for a specific purpose. Now, there is a place of purpose. Sometimes when God tells you to go places, you don't really understand why. How many of you know that, that, that God doesn't always check in with us to make sure we agree with the plan before he tells us? He's not waiting for us to say, yeah, God, that's a good idea, but God knows better than we do. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. You know, sometimes you'll have to take steps of faith. But when you get there, you'll discover that there is a place of purpose. There's redeeming value for for where God has you. At that job. In that neighborhood. At that school. Come on, somebody. There is a place of purpose. I remember growing up in in, uh, southeast Missouri. And uh, as a kid growing up, a little small farming community called Fredericktown, I remember in the late 80s, my dad telling our family, hey, we're moving to Baton Rouge. I'd never heard of Baton Rouge. I I didn't know that that even was a place. But my dad, as a school teacher, he taught school for over 30 years. My dad cashed in his 401k, sold everything that he had, and moved our family to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And it, you know what? It didn't make any sense. On paper, it didn't make sense. I, I, he didn't ask me what I thought. Man, I'm, I'm in the eighth grade, and man, he's pulling me out of my school and away from all of my friends to, to go to a place I've never been but my, my, my dad knew that the spirit of God was moving. Revival was taking place in the late 80s here in Baton Rouge. And you know what my dad said? I got to get there. Whatever it takes to get there, whatever I have to give up, whatever sacrifices I need to make, I'm going to get to where God told me to be. Come on, am I talking to anybody? So that was in the late 80s. That was 30, some 35 years ago. Do you know it was here in Baton Rouge? That I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was here in Baton Rouge that I met my wife. Come on, somebody. It was here in Baton Rouge that I embraced the call of God on my life. It was here in this specific place where I said yes to everything that God wanted me to be and do. You see, 35 years ago in Fredericktown, Missouri, in a little farming community, God spoke to my dad and said, You've got to get there. Now, he had no idea what there meant for him, much less for me. But I want you to know this. When you are where God tells you to be, you are right in the middle of his perfect will. There is a place of purpose. Somebody say purpose. (laughs) How can we know where to go? God speaks to us. Notice what the word says in verse 2. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. I believe God has a word for you. I believe God wants to speak to you. Somebody said, well, the will of God is mysterious. Well, God moves in mysterious ways, but the will of God is very clear. How many of you know God speaks just like he writes? Well, how can we know from God? How can we know the will of God? How can we know we are there? God's written it down. And he says, you will know my will as you invest in my word. Now, now maybe some of you are here today and your life is a mess. Let me ask you this question. Are you there? Are you where God's called you to be? I mean, again, if there is a place of purpose and you're not positioned in the purposes of God, how many of you know we can make a mess of things? Mm -mm -mm -mm. There. He says, go and hide yourself by the brook. I want you to write down that word, hide. Write down that word, hide. He says, go there and hide yourself. Hmm. You know, I thought this week, we're really good at show and tell. But we need to get better at hide and seek. Hiding ourselves in God. you know. And I love social media and I'm thankful for it. I think it's a platform that can be used for the purposes of God. But a lot of times we just show and tell it. <laughs> Come on, are you in me? And God's saying, why don't you hide and seek? Man, man uh, turn off some of the noise around you. Get in the secret place. If, if you want to know where your there is, it's going to take more of hide and seek and a little less show and tell. Oh, come on now. Mm-mm-mm. You see, that's why I'm calling the church this week to prayer. Monday through Friday. I love I love August. I love back to school because it kind of serves as a new beginning. You can sense a transition in our community. You know, families are are no longer on vacation and they're back on a schedule and routine. Kids are going to school. You you kind of lock in. For us as a church, this represents a January of sorts. Maybe your your year hasn't turned out like you wanted to. You can press reset. Here in August, this first week of August, you know what we're going to do? We're going to hide and seek. Man, we're going to press into God. We're going to lock in. Lord, speak to me about my life. God, if I'm displaced, if I'm misplaced, God, if I'm out of position, Lord, would you bring me back right to where I need to be? Now, it's interesting that the word cherith, the brook cherith, uh, that name in the ancient Hebrew cherith literally means a cutting away. God was trying to perform surgery on Elijah. He was having to cut some things out of Elijah's life. Let me tell you this. Sometimes you're going to have to let go of some things and some people to get there. Mm, I feel like I need to drill down on that just a little bit. Because we wandering around and we kind of hitched ourselves to her or kind of attached ourselves to him. And then we wonder why we struggle to really discern and hear from God. And chereth means a cutting away. You may have to eliminate some things or eliminate some relationships in order to place yourself at the brook. But when you're there, significant things happen. It's interesting how, if you read a history of the an ancient history of the kings of Israel and Judah, anytime the people of God attached themselves to an, uh, an unholy pagan group, Israel would go down to Egypt and, and send them silver and gold. Hey, you got to help me fight off this enemy. God would always rebuke the Israelites. He says, You're trusting in Egypt more than you're trusting in me. And, and sometimes we're looking to people. For things that only God can give us. Are you with me today? God tells Elijah, you need to go there. Now, let me say this if the Lord has called you to HPC, if this house is your there, lock in. Man, it, it, the, the devil would love to create distraction. Even hurt or offense or disappointment and then you kind of drift away and God says, if I've called you there, I'm going to take care of you. Lock in. This is a season for us to make a commitment to the house of God. Man, let's, let's hear from the Lord and then with our spirit say yes and let's go all in. Now notice what it says here in verse 5. This is, this is where it gets good. Verse 5, so Elijah went. And he did according to the word of the Lord. In other words, he obeyed. Somebody say obedience. Obedience. He did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that's east of the Jordan. Verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Now listen to me. There is not only a place of purpose, but there is a place of provision. Notice what happened in Elijah's world when he obeyed God. When when he got where God told him to be. It may not have made sense, but once he got there. Somebody say there. Once you get there, if you obey God and you get in the place where he's telling you to be, then he's going to take care of everything you need. There is a place of provision. Think about it. Every morning and every evening... Here come the ravens. And they've got bread and they've got meat. Come on, all of the car- carnivores. Amen. This is like the original DoorDash. This is, this is the original waiter. I mean, you know, we think we've stumbled onto something new here in our progressive age. No, no, no. This was happening in Elijah's day. You know, you, you, you think about it. You don't even have to go to the grocery store. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. You don't have a grocery bill. Come on, come on. You better shout me better than that right now. How many know groceries are expensive? Oh, Lord have mercy. Man, no grocery store, no grocery bill. He didn't even have to do the dishes, didn't even have to clean up after himself. Every morning and every evening, here came the ravens, and Elijah's thinking, well, I wonder what it's going to be tonight. You see, when you get there, there is a place of provision. It's a place of blessing. It's a place of miracles. I mean, it's very uncommon. I don't think it happened before, and I don't ever remember it happening since, but this is the only time where God fed someone in this way. Do you know that when you get to where you're supposed to be, supernatural things will start happening? God says, I'm going to take care of you where? Now, had Elijah gone to another brook or had gone a different direction, God was not obligated to care for Elijah, but God says, I'm sending the ravens there. The blessing is coming here, and this is right where I want you to be. How many of you know it's important that we find our there? Because when we're there, we don't have to worry about anything. Are you catching this? Sometimes we, we, we carry uh, anxiety and stress and pressures to make it all happen. And God's saying, if you'll just get to where I'm telling you, the grocery bill is mine. I, I'm going to care for your children. I, I'm going I'm to supply your marriage. I'm going to give you everything that you need to do what I've called you to do. I mean, so, so you can just rest and you can trust. You know, this at the beginning of the summer, how many of you watched LSU baseball team and, and, man, go to the World Series? How many saw that? Come on, national champions. God, was that awesome or what? Oh, man. I'm not really into baseball, but I think I watched every World Series game. And I probably stressed over every moment. How many of you had a little anxiety watching them play? Dude, I mean, extra innings, you know, walk-off home runs, you know, every pitch, I'll just be honest, I was praying, there are certain moments in certain games, I would say, Lord, just let him get a base hit, and I promise you, I'll never ask you for another thing. <laughs> say, man, somebody like, man, pastor, so carnal. What? You two invested into this. Man, I wanted to win. Come on, and then you... You know, you, 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 you beat Tennessee. Sorry, Pastor David Ray, but we, we ended Tennessee's season. Um, and then you, 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 beat, uh, you beat Wake Forest. Man, they're supposed to be the number one ranked team. You know, we, we go to the championship play against Florida. Game two was ugly. Oh, my God, I was nervous. I was nervous. And then here comes game three. And I'm biting my fingernails, man. My, 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 my blood pressure's through the roof. But when you walk away with a W, you're like, national champs world series I, I, I just want to watch it again i want to play play that back again and then the summertime is kind of a dead time as far as sports so what i would do is i'd go back and i would re-watch the games <laughs> y'all pray for me it's bad it's, it's bad i would literally re-watch a nine inning baseball game and listen the experience was totally different You think I was worried when LSU got down in that game? No, I'm just chilling. Are we going to be all right? They they hit that home run, no big deal, we got this. Why? You know where I'm going with this, because I knew the outcome. I already knew how it was going to end, so I didn't need to stress, hey, we got this. Listen, when you've read the back of the book, you know how this thing ends so you don't have to worry about things that seem so insurmountable because, you know, God is bigger. Come on, he's bigger than sickness. Come on, he's bigger than disease. He's bigger than depression. Man, he's bigger than fear. He's bigger than anxiety. He's bigger than our checking account. Come on, somebody. God is bigger, and we know, we know if we can just get there, there is a place of provision. Listen to me. When God sends us to a place he assumes full responsibility to care for us if God has sent you to that job it's his responsibility to take care of you if God has sent you to that school it's his responsibility he's going to look out for you he's not going to send you to the brook and then not supply the ravens with the food can I have a good amen Notice this. So there's a place of purpose. There's a place of provision. Look at verse 7. After a while, the brook dried up. Somebody say, uh uh-oh. After a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, verse 9, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Now, this is where it gets interesting because there not only is a place of purpose and provision, but there is a place of testing. God will test you when you get there. And some of you are being tested right now. And so you're questioning whether or not you've heard from God. Notice that the brook, the very brook that God told Elijah to go to, begins to dry up. Can you imagine Elijah actively watching that water table diminish. Wait a second, Lord. I thought you called me there. Some of you, have you seen any brooks in your life dry up? Any streams of income dry up? Maybe a relationship or a job or and a a, a level of influence, popularity. There's all kinds of brooks in our lives that begin to dry up. Now, notice God, through the prophet, said that it wasn't going to rain until he gave the word. If you're Elijah and you're seeing the brook dry up, well, Elijah, why don't you just speak and send the rain? You see, the test, hear me, hear me, this is for somebody. The test is not to take matters into your own hands. It wasn't necessarily the word of Elijah, but it was the word of the Lord through Elijah. Some of you know what it's like for brooks to dry up in your life. I realize that the economy is, is, we're all feeling the pressure of what's happening in our current economy. Everything's more expensive. Gas is incredibly expensive. Groceries are expensive. Interest rates are high. We're all feeling the squeeze. I'll tell you this, even as a church, our giving has gone down. We've had to make adjustments. We've had to scale back in some budgets and even do some layoffs. All of us are being squeezed. Hear me, church. When you feel the water table begin to diminish... Don't freak out over the supply. Keep your eyes on the source. You see, God was testing Elijah. God wanted to teach Elijah that the river is not your source. The birds, the ravens, are not your source. But I am your source. Can I have a good amen? So don't freak out over the lack of supply. you got to remind yourself of who your source is. God's trying to teach Elijah something, and you know what? He's trying to teach us the same thing. Guess what? Man, the economy is not our source. Man, well, whatever the stock market does, I can't control the points. I don't understand how all of that works, but the stock market is not my source. Man, God himself is our source, and this is a season. When God calls you to a specific place, man, you lock into that place, and then you keep your eyes on who your source is. Now, notice where he told Elijah to go. He said, okay, I'm moving you. There's a new season. There's a new place. There's a new there. I want you to go to Zarephath. Now, here's why this is significant. Zarephath was the region that Jezebel was from. How many know if you're Elijah? It's hard to hear. Go to that place. You see, Ahab and Jezebel, they didn't like Elijah, and they wanted him dead. And God says, I want you to go to that place. How many of you know God will call you to places that may be difficult? But you know, even at that place, God has a plan. If God calls you into different, into difficult spaces and places, know this He's looking out for you. And he's got a plan. Some of you may be at a job right now that you feel like, man, why would you call me there? Some of us say, Lord, anywhere but there. Lord, I'll go anywhere but there. Why am I in this place? It's hard. And God's saying, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to look out for you. And I'm going to do something in you and through you that's not just going to bless your life, but it's going to bless somebody else's. We're sending our kids back to school. Man, they're going to campuses. Some of those campuses may be difficult. They may be dark. But God is sending our sons and daughters to be a light in darkness. He's he's positioning them to be leaders and not followers. Come on, somebody. He's placed his word inside of them, so they're going to hear his voice, and they're going to make the right choice. Are you with me? If you're in a tough spot, and maybe you've been praying, Lord, anywhere but there, maybe God has put you in a tough spot for a difficult assignment, but he's given you the anointing that you need to make a difference. you catching that? (laughs) I love this. God can use you even in enemy territory. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 23 that he prepares a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, God can use you even in enemy territory. Think about the picture of of being seated at the table. (laughs) Man, just at rest. Man, uh, being able to receive. Man, you're you're not worried. Man, God can keep you in perfect peace even in dark and difficult places. Now, let me finish this story. The Bible says, verse 10. Let me wrap this up. I'm going to ask the band to come help me. Verse 10, so Elijah arose, and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand too. It's kind of like, okay, Elijah, that's a little presumptuous there, Elijah. The first you're asked for a glass of water, now you want something to eat. <laughs> Look at what she says in verse 12. As the Lord, your God, lives, I have nothing baked. I only have a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And Now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. We're going to eat it and then we'll die. Whew. This widow was down to her last meal. I mean, she had next to nothing a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil, and Elijah's asking for some bread. Notice what he says, verse 13. He said to her, Hey, don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first, somebody say first, but first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to. I know you're down to your last meal and you're fixing to die, but I'm still hungry. So at first, (laughs) first make a little cake of it bring it to me afterwards make something for yourself and your son now watch this for thus says the Lord let me know the word of the Lord changes everything thus says the Lord the God of Israel the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth here's the thing This place called there, not only is it about a test, but it's also a place of trust. And think about this. Elijah and the widow are in the same position. They're both in a place of dependence on God. The brook dried up and Elijah watched it every day. This woman's groceries, her pantry. Man, she ran out of, she was down to flour and oil, and man, she was done. All of that that, that she had was was right there that was left in her hand, and then she had nothing else. They both watched their supply diminish. They both were tested, and they both could trust the Lord. Scripture tells us, and she went and did as Elijah said, and, and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. You see, God wanted to do a miracle, not just in Elijah's life, but also in this widow's life. And here's, the, here's, here's what's interesting here's what's fascinating about all of this. This thing was bigger than Elijah. For Elijah, it was about survival and just hearing from God. But as he obeyed the Lord, God used Elijah to do something supernatural in this widow. And I want you to know that as you trust God, not only does it bless you, but it impacts the world around you. You are there for a reason. You are there for a season. And you are there for a soul. That's a word for somebody. Right where you are. You are there for a reason, the purposes of God. You're there for a season. Man, we got to listen to the Lord. But you're there for a soul. There is somebody that God wants to use you to impact but you know what we got to get there we got to lock in amen you receive that today come on put your hands together if you believe that thank you for listening take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at healing place church for more information about hpc visit healingplacechurch.org